Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, mate. Hello, how are you? Oh, God, I'm sitting in my kitchen. It's Kit's birthday tomorrow. I've done all the wrapping. We've got a banner up. It doesn't even know what wrapping paper is, does does it? I don't know why I've done all the wrapping, but um, (laughs) I was just back from the supermarket, you know, essential shop done. It's lockdown life, isn't it? How are you? It is lockdown. I'm fine. Yeah, we're, um, you know, just doing the same as normal. Do you know what? I've got to tell you this thing happened this afternoon. Oh, God, what? (laughs) So, obviously, you know, like when your kids say something naughty, like, you know, they swear or whatever, and they haven't been spending all their time with you, you can blame other people, can't you? So you can be like, oh, he's obviously picked that up at nursery, or oh, he's obviously (laughs) picked that up from his granddad. Well, we obviously, when lockdown, this, well, not before lockdown, like when the coronavirus was sort of, you know, around and we were sort of talking about it, um, we had a family gathering. And I said to Axel, don't um don't hug and kiss Dan Dan that's my granddad because you know he's a bit old and we we don't want him to get germs right and so he was like yeah yeah okay okay so he's got this thing at the moment where it's like old people so you know like when you're walking on you're on a walk and then some you know some older people walk towards you you'll step aside for them yeah and then they'll go past so we're obviously doing that and he's always like oh yeah because they're old and then <laughs> today, oh, obviously, they, they don't hear. Today, he's scooting along, and um, there's some, some old people there, and they sort of take him by surprise. We quickly stop, and he goes, Oh, fucking old bean. <gasps> oh, my God. What did you say? Well, nothing. Like, I literally just. Like, well, nothing, because I hate that. Nothing. I just froze, and I was like, oh, my God, just don't make a big deal out of this. Just, like, pretend you haven't heard it. Like, because I know if I'd have said to Axel, oh, my God, don't say that, he will say it so much. He'll say it all the time. So you just, oh, you just but, said nothing. That is hilarious. I just pretended it didn't even happen and, oh. like, just went about my day after that thinking, oh, my goodness, where has he even got fucking old Bean from? Definitely. <laughs> and definitely the fact and he used it in the right context as well. That's what he was You know, like under his breath, like oh, fucking old bean again. You know, like. Oh. Do you reckon that's what James oh. is calling you every time you step out of the room? 
probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, fucking old bean. She hasn't even yeah, had her room. Yeah, there she goes she again. <laughs> the other day, Luna's got Olfi and she calls it her sucking thing. She goes, I could just hear her going, where's my fucking thing? Where's my fucking thing? And Dozo was like, is she playing fucking thing? I was like, I don't know. I think so. Then we realised oh, she was saying, where's my sucking thing? Which is equally as worrying. Sucking thing. Equally as <laughs> um, so, oh, listen, so. we only recorded this chat um, uh, yesterday. And yeah. uh, we managed to grab somebody who we've seen in the press talking about um, her... Well, what an experience she had with going into labour prematurely. Um, and yes. <laughs> people will know her because when they turn their TVs on in the morning, there she is on Good Morning Britain doing the weather. We really wanted to discuss um, everything that comes with having uh, having a premature baby. It's not a subject that we've covered before on the podcast. We thought she'd be the perfect person to chat to. The person we're talking to today is... Laura Tobin. So on today's podcast, remotely from our laptops again, um, we have got um, somebody that George and I watch watch on the telly every single morning, giving us our weather report. Uh, a broadcast meteorologist is her correct title. Thank she, you. Uh, she was at uh, the BBC. She's now, uh, since 2012, been at Good Morning Britain. Uh, she has to um, have chats with Piers Morgan every day, so we love her even more. Uh, she's mum of <laughs> three-year-old Charlotte, who she had prematurely, and she's been with her husband, Dean, since meeting him at university today. Today's guest on the podcast is Laura Tobin. Hi. Yay. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I still have hair and makeup done nicely, even though you can't see. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, li- I literally don't either, Laura. Georgia and I joke every single day that we just spend our entire day in active wear with our hair scraped on, on, on the top of our head. We just cannot wait to do our hair and makeup again. I, I was just left over from being on Good Morning Britain this morning. And after I finish work every day, my daughter, she just is obsessed by makeup. And we go upstairs and the ritual is she helps me to take it off. So she gets the balm, she rubs it around my face, Aww. she uses the cloth, so... Oh, that that is really sweet, actually. (laughs) I just think all little girls are completely obsessed with makeup. They just, they just. And to be fair, little boys, my son Kit regularly wears my lip gloss, so it's not. <laughs> I think it's the yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Axel, Axel loves a bit of lip gloss and blusher and stuff. So. <laughs> now, Laura, listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, this is a subject that we haven't discussed, but we do have loads of messages um, on our on our social media about um, having the chat about premature birth. And um, I guess it would just be really fantastic to kind of hear your story because you had your baby. Charlotte very prematurely so just just yeah. what happened so I mean the thing is when you are pregnant and I guess when you have your first child you don't know anything you don't know what's right what's wrong you don't want to be one of those women that overreacts even though you can't overreact now I I know that and you know you should go to hospital if you're worried about anything and, and you know I did all of those things but um yeah I guess I just didn't really really realize what was going on I didn't listen to my body enough so um at about 25 weeks, my waters broke. But at the time, I thought I just had bad bladder control <laughs> because you hear that the baby, like the bump moved and she was pushing on my bladder. And I remember I'd been for a scan and they said, that, you know, the way around that the baby, we didn't know what it was at the time, the way around the baby was turned, there might be quite a lot of pressure on my bladder. And so I just thought I had bad bladder control. Um, and a couple of weeks later, uh, it turned out that I had had my waters break for two weeks and then she arrived like three months early. So it was a real shock. I went to, to work one morning and um, I was on the phone to the Met Office doing my weather chat and said, 
oh, um, you know, I'm in quite a lot of pain and quite a lot of discomfort. I said, I guess this is just normal, you know, the baby shifting around and getting tummy aches. And I guess I put everything down to just being one of those things that happens in pregnancy. And I've been chatting to another friend who said, oh, my goodness, I need to go to the toilet all the time as well. And I thought, oh, great, it's yeah. not just me. Um, yeah. But it was. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's something that, you know, anybody at any stage in your pregnancy, if you think that you are weeing a lot – or can't quite control what you think is we, it might not be. So <laughs> go and get it checked out <laughs> uh, just to make sure that it isn't because there's a really easy test that they can do to check whether it's amniotic fluid or whether it's urine. Um, and then that'll put your mind at rest. And then they can do a little stitch apparently. There's, if you have like a tear or something, they can do a little stitch that keeps everything in. So um, but I didn't have that luxury because having had it, you know, my waters break for just it was like a tiny trickle it was really like just occasionally when I emptied my bladder just kind of every now and again it happened and then um yeah I just went into labor because my body was like right let's get this going so I was I got to work and the wardrobe lady Debbie said you look terrible and I was just going like breathing and uh and then Charlotte came in Charlotte Hawkins and said oh I think that um you're having Braxton Hicks and I was like really because it feels really real she was like no no don't worry it's just Braxton Hicks and then Piers came running in and went oh my goodness you look like you're gonna have this baby now and I was like do you think so and Charlotte's just like Piers go away you're not helping and, uh, <laughs> and luckily Doug Morgan was in the makeup room <laughs> and he got it right brilliant <laughs> no he loves that he thinks that he's now more qualified than Dr Hillary <laughs> <laughs> more helpful than the TV legend that is Dr. Hillary. <laughs> Did you know in your like heart of hearts that you were going into labour? Even no. though someone was telling you, it was, you didn't, you didn't actually, no. you just thought it was Braxton Hicks. Yeah, because it was like three months away. Oh I wasn't goodness. even in my maternity clothes. I just, I just bought a massive um, ASOS delivery and it got delivered the day before and I was looking forward to unwrapping it and getting all my clothes out. So yeah, I didn't have a clue because I guess... I just stay really calm. Debbie was keeping me really calm, going, you're okay. And she phoned Dr. Hillary and um, she explained everything. And then to him and he said to her, oh, I think she's having this baby, but don't tell her. And then on the phone to me, he was like, I'm just going to get you to go to St. Thomas's and just they're going to check you out. I was like, okay, no worry. Do, do, do. And then off we went. And then every, you know, every four or five minutes I was having contractions. And I was just saying to Debbie, this is amazing how real this feels. So, so, <laughs> so um, Laura, just how many weeks were you at this point? And I guess the question is, what was going through your mind when it hit you that you actually were in labour? Um, I was nearly 28 weeks. Um, so I think like, so before 28 weeks, they class that as extremely premature. So yeah. like before 28, 28 to 30, and then, or 32 and then 32 and over. Um, I... I just was really calm the whole time. I don't know why. I just was. Everyone around me was calm. Debbie took me there. I phoned my husband. He came. Phoned my mum and dad. Um, they said they'd have to do some tests and like figure out what was going on. And they still hadn't told me at that point. And and I said to them, "Oh, my, you know, my mum will be watching Good Morning Britain, and she's going to expect me to be on. So it'd be really good if you if you could tell me before half past." And they were just thinking, "Okay, crazy lady." <laughs> And she's quite figured out the I didn't hadn't quite figured out the enormity of what was happening then. Um, but you know, they just you know, hospitals deal with premature births all the time. Yeah. All the time. Probably on a you know, well, nearly a daily basis. So 
to them it wasn't anything weird and it's luckily for me St Thomas's they helicopter people in and like rush them in if they have really really premature babies like before 24 before 24 weeks even so for them like the gestation that I was at wasn't even that alarming for them you know and, and the rest of the pregnancy had been really good so it wasn't like there was any underlying health problems or you know there was nothing for them to worry about there and um they were really quiet as well it's like half six in the morning and um I had a midwife to myself in a really lovely room and she was really funny and she was uh, this Nigerian lady and she just went these babies they decide when they want to come and this one it wants to come today <laughs> and I just went oh okay fine and that was it was so what do they put the it down to thing. Laura do they do they, is it was it just a complete um I was going to say fluke then but that's not the right word was it just a complete accident I guess that it had happened yeah it's one of those things I think that like um, yeah I think that it that I guess the sack and tear I'm not really even good with biological words um at any time naturally I guess it burst or ruptures when you have the baby but mine just went early and it's just one of those things they've never said any a reason why it doesn't mean it would happen again um Wow. Yeah. Maybe wow. I should have I probably should have asked a few more questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead of just thinking, oh my God, I need to go to the loo all the time. But you know, honestly, quite a few of my friends were pregnant at the time and they all kept saying they needed to go to the loo quite a lot as well. So I just thought Well you do. Yeah, you yeah, I was gonna say you hear that all the time and it's like what well, sort of one of the jokes that you make, isn't it? Like yeah. well, off I go to the bathroom again, haha, <laughs> like you know, pregnancy. Um, but yeah, you'd never think that your waters have actually broken that early. Um, well, let's just kind of get yeah. on with pregnancy. And I, went, and I was, it was getting on, it was going on really well. I was loving it, really enjoying it. I hadn't felt ill. It'd been like perfect up to that point. And I didn't want to like go on about pregnancy too much. I didn't want to whinge, you know, I didn't want to be that woman. That everyone goes, Oh God, how long has she been pregnant for? Like three <laughs> years. It's dragging on, isn't it? And I remember, you know, um, at work, the ops manager said, Oh, I said, oh, look, I, I think I'll probably work until the week before the baby's due because I wanted to work my birthday and then have that as my last day. She was like, really, the week before? And I was like, yeah. She was like, I think maybe you want to reconsider that. I was like, no, what's the worst that could happen? And then, <laughs> So talk us through that first evening or afternoon or whatever it was in the hospital after Charlotte had arrived. You were probably obviously in shock that, you know, it all happened so quickly. But how did you feel? So like ever beforehand, like loads and loads of people come and talk to you and they say, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, we're, we're probably going to take the baby straight away or put it in an incubator. The husband can come. You can come and visit later. You know, if you have um, C-section, you'll be wheeled in and then, you know, we better stand for a while. They just explained everything really clearly and everyone was really calm. And I, again, I was really lucky because it was they weren't very busy. So they spent a lot of time explaining things to me. And um, yeah, when she was born, they showed they showed her to me. And at that point, I didn't know what it was going to be. So um, I remember the anaesthetist said, uh, it, it, Dad, do you want to tell her what it is? He was like, it's a girl. And we, we were convinced it was a boy. So I was so shocked, but really, really chuffed. And then, um, yeah, then they then they take her off. And then they, I don't know what they did to her, like wiped her down and stuff. And um and then the anaesthetist just chatted to us for ages, probably a distraction technique. And then they, they wrapped her up and put her in a little incubator. They wheeled her next to me. And then they took her off to her, her ward where she stayed. We were only there for five days. And then we got transferred to our local hospital. And um, my husband could stay with me. We had a private room. And 
I still just remember feeling really relaxed. I don't think I really remember seeing her properly when she was in her um, incubator for the first time. And later on that night, my husband brought me a photo. And I think that was the first time I really properly saw her in a photo, which I guess is in theory sad, but it doesn't make me sad. I just remember that picture and her little squishy face and just thinking she looked amazing. And, um, and then when I went to see, I was going to see her the next day because I, I wasn't feeling too good, feeling really tired. But then actually I managed to get in the wheelchair and then they wheeled me over and I saw her like that night. But um, I don't think we were allowed to touch her then because obviously the thing about them being really premature is that nothing is developed properly. So their immune yeah. system is significantly lower than uh, a term baby, um, really premature babies. Their lungs aren't developed properly. So respiratory, you know, so they're always going to be on some sort of breathing apparatus. So she had you know, machines um, helping her breathe, you know, passing air past her nose. And that's really normal. And then they put these cute little goggles on them because they always have iron deficiencies as well. So she had like a blue lamp over her. Um, And then they have these teeny tiny little nappies. But there are loads and loads of cables and wires and everything everywhere. But you kind of don't even see that either. You just see through it all and you see this lovely little baby she was just amazing and right I remember on the second day she she'd managed to somehow untie all these little little ribbons around her nose that was like holding her her breathing tubes and they were like oh you've got one there and even then I knew that she was like really feisty and really tenacious and and that really helped her you know really really helped her I mean Laura you sound like you handled the whole situation incredibly well calm you know kind of together and it didn't freak you out um, no. were, were there any moments where, because obviously, you know, uh, having been pregnant myself twice and having had my like pregnancy plans, obviously first time, second time, I, I now know that, you know, a, a birthing plan doesn't, you, you can't have one because <laughs> it all goes out the window anyway. But was there, was there not a moment where you thought this isn't what I had hoped and I'm a bit freaked out or were you just kind of taking it in your stride? We hadn't even been to our antenatal classes no. and I hadn't, um, read anything I bizarrely was really superstitious about it all and there's this weird um you know when you get these weird feelings about things so like I didn't want to wear maternity clothes until 28 weeks because I didn't think I should and I didn't we didn't go shopping for anything we didn't bring a single baby item into the house because I just felt really superstitious that it was really bad luck (laughs) didn't end up changing anything but I just had that feeling that I shouldn't that I shouldn't do it um and I guess even until like the day we brought Charlotte home, you just think, we well, you know, there's still a chance you're not going to bring a baby home. So you just have to, you know, live for the now, don't you? And yeah, and we, we were like really busy the last week, like, quick, let's paint the nursery. We had nothing, like, so we had to get all the friends and family to just help us, mm. you, you know, be prepared. So so Charlotte's there, you guys are, you've moved to your local hospital. Yes. Uh, then real, real life starts with the baby who is premature. What does that look like? Yeah. So um, you have a routine and your life becomes living in hospital. We were really fortunate that the Royal Box Hospital where she was, um, they gave you free parking. Lots of um, hospitals don't have free parking and it costs parents a lot of money. Obviously, if you've had a C-section, you can't drive. So that means people giving you lifts and having to get taxis, which can be really expensive. Um, but basically, it, your whole life becomes very expensive uh, with getting food. Obviously, you can take food. But in the evenings when you get back, you haven't got time. You, so my husband would go to work. He would drop me at hospital. I would stay there all day. He would come and get me. And then we would come home. And when you're in hospital, like there's a ward round at about nine o'clock in the morning. And then doctors come and tell 
go through each baby, how they are, what they're doing, what's happened to them overnight, what the oxygen saturation levels have been, if they've eaten anything, if they've been sick, if they've got any, you know, signs of a temperature, if there's any signs of illness. Um, and they go around each baby in the ward. And then every, depending on the age of your baby, every three hours or every two hours or every one hour, they give them milk. And then once a day, you'll give them their cares. So you you get like a little tub of fresh clean water and, and little cotton wool, and then you wipe them all over. And, you know, every time they go to the toilet, you change their nappies. But I mean, right at the beginning, you didn't touch them because they're just so fragile. So like in the world we're living in now where everything has to be super clean, you know, that's the world you're in in hospital. So you arrive in the room, you wash your hands, you anti-back your hands, you get a wipe, you wipe your phone, anything else that you bring in. Like I used to, I had wrote a diary every day. Was, they gave me a notepad and said like, it probably will help you to write a diary every day. And it did. Like I wrote a lot in <laughs> my diary every day. Um, and then you just sit there. I just really enjoyed sitting there all day because I thought, you know, I'm being really useful. I wasn't doing anything, but, you know, after maybe a week, you might help out with the, giving them a little bit of milk because when they're under 32 weeks, they can't actually suck, swallow and breathe at the same time. Oh, so they I was just, going to ask this about yeah. feeding. Yeah. So they feed them through a tube, so like, you know, a syringe. So they put milk in a syringe, hold it up, gravity pulls it down and it goes into their nose and then it goes into their tummy. Um, so they do that. Um, they start with like one mil every hour. Then they, And then if they're not sick, they do two mils and then three. And then they space them out over time because when they're really little, you just want them to be covered up. You don't want to bother them too much. So they tended to do it every three hours. And then when she was a bit older, every two hours. And then that's how it that's how it changed. And is that like a special baby formula that they give? Oh, so yeah, good point. So <laughs> I, uh, oh my God, this is really funny. Like, so, you, you know, you just need to produce breast milk and you can't because you haven't got a baby to feed. So you have to just squeeze your boobs as much as humanly possible to try and get out that colostrum. And I struggled. <laughs> it was so hard. It just like, it was literally like trying to milk milking yourself it's like you can't see what I'm doing but it's good <laughs> like, I can imagine because obviously your milk's coming in so is that is that what you're having to do you weren't allowed to use a pump you have to force you have to force it in so I had to for, for 24 hours I just had to try and force out a tiny drop after drop after drop and try and catch it in the tiniest test tube known to man and like he would drop a drop a, a bit and he'd be like ah no and they'd come in and they'd go we need one millimeter every hour and you're like that means you need 24 millimeters and I've got, like look at my little tube and I've got three and I've been doing it for half an hour like oh, God, <laughs> Lord, that must have been so hard well I don't think I realized what they were doing and so what there's so there's women who produce like loads of milk give to milk banks so yeah. there's milk banks particularly at hospitals like St Thomas's with one of the biggest premature units for like really early prems um so you can give your units to them and people like the john radcliffe as well so they i think they must have i guess i've never figured it out they must have given other people's milk first because because i yeah. didn't have enough and then after a day when my milk started to come in a little bit more i then got a pump and then right, yeah, pump. okay uh, and i did it every three hours and then that like i love lists and spreadsheets and tables and being organized so um so that's what I did. Every three hours, I pumped. So when she was going to be due a feed, I pumped. And I produced loads of milk. 
like I was so lucky I guess because we didn't have any complications at the beginning of her arrival lots of premature well some premature babies might have to go for operations they might have problems with their heart or their lungs or some of their organs or their their brains so those mums don't get the opportunity to do that expressing there's because they're just rushing backwards and forwards to hospitals and to operating theatres etc or if they have other children they've got to go back to those other children as well Mm -hmm. so I was really lucky I had loads of milk um and I would always do one about 10 o'clock before I went to bed wake up do one about three in the morning and then get up early about seven and then go to hospital so I did it meticulously and religiously and it and it worked out I fed Charlotte breastfed Charlotte until she was two and a half oh my god wow that's incredible yeah. 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 Amazing. and then she stopped one day and I was like what no yeah, yeah you're like you're grieving, you're grieving you? oh why don't you want my breast anymore um Laura how long were you in hospital for oh yeah so she was in hospital um until her due date so she was in hospital for three weeks three months three months wow yeah and pretty much all babies are um, pretty much in until the week they're due because they're all essentially all they're doing in the incubator which is covered up in dark other than their uv light is growing them growing them like they would be in your tummy so they just give them milk give them milk give them milk and then every now and again every baby would catch something most likely um whether it's some sort of cold or whether they get like a little chest infection because they're trying so hard to breathe and stuff and that sets them back so the big thing is a weigh-in so twice a week your baby gets weighed and you want it to gain weight and it might only be 20 grams but it's huge when they gain any weight because that means that the milk they're taking they're using it to grow but if they get a little bit poorly the milk is all used to be energy to get them better um right. so they don't put on any weight or they might lose weight so the way is where they stayed the same weight or they lost weight was <laughs> <laughs> really awful and then you would talk to the other mums and you'd be like how much has yours gained and they'd be like 80 grams and you'd be like oh she's gained 20 well done you but <laughs> our whole life is now she must eat even now she's not eating her breakfast not eating her lunch so food's a bit of an issue for us in our house because we're still stuck on that you know um Laura just, yeah. just going back to that moment that you could you could finally hold Charlotte what was that like yeah. for you do you remember it Surreal, yeah. I, I only remember it from a picture that my husband has on his phone. Um, but they, they so they encourage this thing called skin to skin or yeah. kangaroo kangaroo yeah. hair. Have you heard about that? So basically the the baby being on your skin and them um feeling you and smelling you. But yeah, it must have been about three days later, I think. I think before that we could put we could wash our hands and then we could touch her with our hands, but you kind of don't even want to do that because you think you're going to move a cable or something but then yeah she was like this she was on me and I just remember thinking that she was amazing like mm. and, and I guess she was tiny but to me she still didn't seem tiny she just seemed like amazing and she had these little eyelashes and these little hands and their kind of skin's a little bit furry still and she would like grip but she was strong like she honestly she was really strong and she was really big well she wasn't big but you know for her gestation she was really big yeah, and, yeah she was really strong and you could just feel that. You could just sense that about her. And the funny thing is that they were like hooked up to all the machines and they like ping if their heart rate goes too low or too high and they ping if the oxygen levels go too high, low or too high. And um, I see all the other mums in the ward when I was in our regular hospital, like hugging their babies. They say, oh, you know, it's quite hard to get them out because you've got to take them out and get all the cables and the lights of the, you know, of the room and people talking, even though they're still quite quiet, you know, it can be quite stressful for the babies. So when they're out, we recommend you keep them out for, you know, over an hour maybe two or three hours and 
I was like, yeah, okay, amazing. Literally, Charlotte would have about 45 minutes and she'd be done. The machines would be pinging, and <laughs> wriggling, and she was done. So we didn't, we didn't do it too much, you know. And I guess that the instant she, the instant I started going into labour, your maternal instincts kicked in, you know. Yeah. And you only just stay calm because she was arriving. I guess in the back of my head, I knew it was coming. You know, when she was there, just had to express like crap because she needed it that's the only thing that I could do that no one else could do you know did I want to hug her loads yes but was it the right thing for her no and yeah I've just always like basically I guess that's what you do as a parent you just sacrifice everything for them so we'll be back right after this ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss baffled a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense imagine the likes that that would get on instagram you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon incredible you basically (laughs) saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children they're talking i think until 10 years ago i i still shared the bathwater that my parents were in you can find us wherever you got this podcast just search for baffled amazing facts Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. Your story is absolutely incredible. I've, I've got no experience with premature birth. I, I haven't even got any close friends who've been through it. So just to hear of like the routine and having to express every three hours, and there's just so much that I just never knew happened. Yeah. But what was it like for you when you were finally, you know, signed off to go home? And how was it for like the first, you know, six months to, you know, six to 12 months with her? And did you, did, were you able to live a normal life or did you no. still have to? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> coming, home, coming home was actually not great um, because you leave hospital and you leave nurses and doctors and machines that tell you your baby's alive. Uh, otherwise, how do you know? <laughs> it's like impossible. So um, we were really lucky. And I think different units around the country have different things. But at the Royal Barks, they've got a really lovely charity called um, Bibs. So Babies in Buzzcock, because Buzzcock was the ward. And they do loads of fundraising. And they fund the waiting room that they sit in. They have tea and coffee and biscuits. They fund a lady who comes and talks to people like two or three times a week. You can just sound off to her. And she's been through it. And she was really helpful. And they have two rooms that are bedroom, like apartments. And you yeah. live in there with your baby for 
as long as you want, but you have to live in there for like at least two days, just you and your partner. And the nurses may come in occasionally, but there's no monitoring equipment. You do your own monitoring. You know, you take their temperature. You, um, they must have given us a heart rate or something. I don't know. Um, and you feed them because like basically Charlotte was fed by me in the day. But obviously when I went home at nighttime, yeah. She was fed by a tube and then they said, they phoned up one night and said, look, she's really crying. She doesn't want the tube anymore. She wants to suck something. And I was adamant, like, she won't take a bottle. And then I just, they were like, okay, that's absolutely fine. And then we went in one evening and I heard her crying and I just thought, why am I doing that? Like, what does it matter if she's having a bottle? It doesn't yeah. matter. But so, I get uh, that. I get that. And that's a real, we hear that a lot and we were exactly the same. I mean, I, I cried when I gave Luna a bottle for the first time because I felt all of those things that I didn't want to you know I had it in my head and actually she just wanted more milk and I couldn't produce yeah. it for whatever reason you have to do what's right for baby but I get that I totally get it you don't know where it comes from I guess it's just instilled society yeah. yeah and um so I was like okay yeah she can have a bottle overnight you know it's my milk go to the fridge there's you know knock yourself out there's loads and um and yes yeah, so they fed her overnight by milk and then they basically say the baby has to gain weight uh, with you breastfeeding them before you can leave hospital um so I think we were in for three days and she did but I kept going out all the time like I have a question can I just check this I have a question can I just check that uh and all those things and they have to do a hearing test on them as well just to check that they can hear she passed she could hear um and they do um they don't do sight tests there's this thing called ROP test it's a retinopathy test might be right um so uh, because they're born really early and their eyeballs haven't finished growing properly, um, this may not all be medically correct. Um, <laughs> so obviously, if you don't have enough oxygen, it's really bad for your brain. That's something that I guess most people know. But if you have too much oxygen, it is really bad for your eyeballs growing because it creates too many veins at the back of your eyes. And um, it means that when you 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 see it, it's not like the veins aren't focused enough so you you might often see lots of little premature babies or premature baby children wearing glasses because they just have bad eyesight because right. the oxygen levels weren't quite right so there has to be like this perfect goldilocks zone of not too high not too low with the oxygen you think just whack it up 100 percent, make sure their brain's good and it's like well that's actually really bad for their eyes so they did like this eye test on her um and that was all fine as well Oh, that's great. I'm pretty um, sure she didn't read a chart, but she, it was all fine as well. Um, and Laura, are you um, are you finding um, anything about lockdown kind of similar to your experience after you took home Charlotte? Yes, our life is now nearly identical to when we came home really? having Charlotte as a premature baby. And um, I talked about it uh, like off air with Ben and his and presenters at different points over the last you know couple of months. But when you come home from having a premature baby, they basically say, well, the, the Bliss, the premature baby um, charity has a website and it will say, but we came home in October, which was also really bad because we're going into winter, just basically says, you need to keep everything clean, everything sanitized, do not go out to supermarkets because everyone wants to look in a buggy and breathe on your baby. Don't go to busy places. Um, don't let anybody around who's ill. Just limit everything. You know, just assume, like we are now with coronavirus, assume everyone yeah. has something. Don't see them then. So we, when we first came home, um, we didn't let anyone come around for two weeks. Um, and then we went out to town on a weekday afternoon and we sat in a cafe 
and thought oh, we'll have a coffee and it'd be great and then like a week later she was really ill and then we had to go into hospital again because uh, she just got like a cold which would be okay oh. for a normal baby but for her it was really bad for her lungs so she was yeah she was really poorly we were in hospital for a week with her again um and it made me realize I was like oh god we took a risk we we took a risk of going out we, that was really unnecessary um even though it was really normal um yeah. so we were I think our friends genuinely thought we were quite crazy so you'd walk in our house you'd have to wash your hands then you'd have to anti-back you, you mean I remember my neighbor coming around after about a month saying oh can I hold her then and I was like hold her <laughs> you can't hold her don't even look at her yeah we didn't really like very many people hold her if they did they had to like hold her with like a special muslin that we'd clean that we knew was really clean wow. um we didn't go to any I didn't go to any baby groups in the first year I didn't go to a supermarket with her for two years we've not been on a plane for two years so they basically said you know the first winter she's really susceptible yeah. the next winter maybe a little um so yeah and so you know, so she couldn't go to like when she eventually went into childcare because um, my husband took some time off work as well when she was just over one. Like the doctor said, she can't go to like nursery or preschool because too many kids there. She'd just get you know Gosh. really sick, too many germs. It's just too much for her to cope with. So we had like a childminder that just had one other kid. So that was great. But then when she was two, that September, she started going into preschool just two mornings, and she loves it. So yeah, so, so basically the whole of the whole of the world of lockdown that people are living now, you know, not having lots of, not having lots of people around you, washing your hands all the time. You know, we, even when we saw people, they didn't, I didn't hug them when they came in the house. I'd be like, hi, wash your hands. And then we'd all sit down. You know, we barely went out for six months. We'd go for like a walk with her. And yeah, I didn't go to the supermarket with her for like two years. Well, Laura, what really was your mental time. health doing during this period? Because, you know, um, as a new mum, all of those things that you kind of want to do, like go out for coffee, go out for a walk, go to a baby yeah. class, all of those things were taken away from you. So how were you feeling inside? Well, luckily, we, we had a really lovely antenatal group. Um, they all had babies in their tummies still. Um, and I remember Dean said one time, oh, we, you know, we should go. We should meet them. They're going to be your friends. I'm going to go back to work and you know, they're going to probably be really important to you. So I remember going to one of the meetings about, I don't know, two months in, into her being in hospital and then being really angry because they all still were pregnant. I walked in the room, I was like, oh, for God's sake, I've got bloody babies still, haven't they? And I was really annoyed. <laughs> and I was annoyed because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be a hospital. I just wanted to be there with her. I didn't want to, because I felt like I was doing something for me and I didn't want to do something for me. I wanted to just do stuff for her all the time. But then, like, they were all really lovely. And then when she was still in the hospital, like a couple of times I went and met up with them when they'd had their babies. And we have like a WhatsApp group. So they were like our lifeline. So we would all go, we would still go for walks. So we'd meet up and go for walks. And if anyone ever suggested like meeting in someone's house, I wouldn't go <laughs> because yeah. I didn't want to be in people's houses. And, and I'd message them and they'd go, oh yeah, we're going to go here for a walk today. Anyone want to come? And then one of them might say, oh, I've got a bit of a a bit of a cold is that okay and I'd say oh you know we won't come but thanks uh and then they probably nine times out of ten would say oh actually you know you're really sorry Laura you you probably need it more than I do we won't come you go for a walk with everyone so um wow that's yeah, amazing isn't it? what a great network you have <laughs> yeah. yeah we're honestly really really lucky and and actually another mum in our group had premature twins so I think that they got it a lot more because you know we talked about it quite a lot and the other mum was like super honest and super open with like how stressful it had been and everything so 
yeah, we were all in it together. Oh, that's really wow. Cool. I mean, did you come across any like resources or anything for mums who had had their babies prematurely who might not have been so lucky? Like, are there any groups out there, you know, online or are there any, is there anyone to follow on Instagram? Just, I'm just thinking about any of our followers at the moment who might have had a premature baby during lockdown. Oh and my goodness, yeah. Yeah, they've got no, you know, nowhere to go. Are there any sort of online um, resources at all? So we had, so the, the, the Bliss, but Bibs, which is the one from Boscott, the, the local charity in the hospital, they had their own Facebook group and they meet up once a month um, in a hall. Everything is clean. They wipe down every single toy. They make sure, again, that everyone is well when they come. Um, and they have people who have had like recent premature babies or come back and their kids are a couple of years old. They have the lady who's um, paid for by the charity and that I'm I don't know but I guess that must happen up and down the country and that makes you feel safe it makes you feel happy you don't think you're walking into germs like you know I I I, I don't even know what would have happened if I'd have gone into a baby group or like a you know seeing a kid pick up a ball and then put the ball down and then she picked it up I just I don't know I'd have had a heart attack I think so you know I I the, the hospitals would definitely give you that but bliss the premature baby charity um, has a website as well which is like loads of great advice but I think between Bliss and Bibs and then the girl in my group who had had them and then my whole group as well you know I felt really supported yeah um, that's great what, yeah, um, what, um, what advice would you give to anybody who's had a premature baby do what you feel that you can just because another mum is cleaning their baby all the time and feeding their baby all the time doesn't mean that you have to you know they wanted to take the, the cover off Charlotte and try and let her see light and let her grow a bit more and take her out of her incubator and put her into an open top one. And I was like, no, I, I just wanted to be covered up. Your instinct just, you know, they're doctors and they've done it a thousand times. But every baby is different. So just trust your gut. You know, my gut said, let's keep her covered. My gut said, you know, let's not put her in a big cotlet. You know, sometimes, you know, you go, oh, they didn't look so well. And then they go, they, they, you know, they have a ward around and they're like, oh, no, yeah they're not and so just you know ask ask loads of questions no question is too stupid I mean it feels stupid at the time but you know there's lots of acronyms there's lots of questions you know the machine I used to ask I'd forget what does that one show again what does that one show again just asking loads of questions and feeling really informed and and talking to all the other parents like in the waiting room you know it was great talking to them I remember one mum she gave me that advice she was like you know before I come into ward round, I phone up to see how the baby's doing. At ward round, I ask loads of questions. I stay all day, and in the evening when I go home, I phone up again to see how they're doing. She's like, I just want to be informed. And she was like, you'll see some babies who have been born, you know, way after you that will leave before you, but that's their journey. You know, some some look like they're about to go, and then something will happen to them, and then they go way back. They go back to the first room, and they're really sick, and, you know, everything's taken away from them. So, you know, the, it's a it's two steps forward and one step back it's a real roller coaster ride and you have to just stick with it one day at a time yeah that's great that's great advice and how is charlotte now crazy (laughs) (laughs) somehow she's very opinionated she knows her own mind Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and are you still like cautious with hand washing and just general hygiene not in not lockdown outside of lockdown but are you still you know yeah. more cautious than most yeah. yeah it stays with you and now we just feel like we're back to 
business as usual. This feels very normal to us. <laughs> it's very weird, you know. It's us in our house, and it, it we feel safe. And when we see people, we think, "Oh, you could have something." And yeah, it's you know we're, we're walking around the same local routes that we used to. So it is very. Yeah. But um, Aww. you know, obviously we're missing we're missing all of our friends and family. But I guess this is coming back to this is for the greater good, and it's not necessarily for her greater good. It's for everyone's. But it, it just feels you know I've seen the benefit of it. I've seen the benefit of really sacrificing our lives for what was a short amount of time to make sure that she could grow and be really well. Yeah, that's a really lovely way of looking at it. Um, Laura, we really, um, at the end of every podcast, we ask our guests to talk about their five favourite products. I mean, Pseudocrem, everyone uses Pseudocrem. Yeah, we love yeah. that. Metanium was like the best yeah. thing in the history of forever. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, every baby, um, lost premature babies get, um, is it, where they sick a lot. Charlotte had horrendous reflux. Oh God, it was awful. We used to have to hold, because their stomach muscles hadn't quite finished being, the stomach muscles hadn't quite finished um, closing up. So when they had milk, it would come back up again if she moved a muscle. So after every feed for one hour, we had to hold her still. Or she would just vomit the entire feed back up again. Wow, God. She fed 10 times a day. Hello. <laughs> so my mum and came and lived with us for a little while so she could do it overnight. So she could just like wow. hold her. It took them about three weeks to figure out that it was reflux. They just were like, oh, it's colic and it's all these other things. Uh, but there's this there's this thing that you can get and it you, it's like a it's like in a white bottle. It's got a grey lid in it. Yes. Invercol. Yeah. Invercol was incredible uh, because it used to help get her wind up and stuff. Yeah, we're we're the reflux experts in Saint Louis. Both of ours have had them. Yeah, God, and honestly, it, like it literally made the world different straight away. We're like, ah, oh, joy. It really was a whole feed. You're like, it was. It I can it tell. Was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Laura, were there any baby brands? Any brands that you really loved that you used? Any clothing that you put? Any prem clothing that she wore? Anything? Um, any kind of resources that you went to to get the clothing? So hardly anybody has premature baby clothes available on the shelf. Uh, Marks right. and have them online. Boots, I think, did have them. I mean, we didn't really do much shopping because everyone bought stuff for us, knowing that we would um, we would need it. Yeah. Um, Boots had incredible nappies. Uh, their size naught nappies are really, really soft and really, really good. Real. And what about like car seats? Because did you have to have a special insert or anything like that? Um, we just had like a silver cross pram, the silver cross everything, because I had it and my mum had that and everyone in the family had it, so that's what we wanted. And, um, oh, yes, one of the mums bought an insert and she gave it to me. So, yes, the babies were under £5. It was like yeah. for under £5 would need it. Yeah, so just an insert that goes into a regular car seat. That's a good oh. thing to say, yes. Oh, and yeah. also a good thing, um, not for premature babies, but just anyone – is I can't think of the word for it, but it's like the hood that you put around you for when you're feeding. Oh the yes, I know. Really with like whipping it out. Yes, it's like yeah, yeah. It's almost like a. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've seen people with them actually. Yeah, they're great. It's almost like yeah, it's like a putting not a tent over you, but it's a tent. Of, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tent. I used to see in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. It's been That's so okay. happy. I feel like I've learned so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Don't panic. You know, just ask lots of questions throughout your pregnancy. Go to hospital. Go to your doctors. Ask questions in hospital. No questions too crazy. Uh, and you know, it might be a long journey, 
that they will come out eventually and they'll grow to be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great advice. Thank you. Wow, I can't get my head around that. Like, can you imagine going into labour three months early? Just, it was quite kind of shocking to hear it, even though I feel like Laura is one of those people that kind of keeps everything like all of her bricks stacked very neatly around her like I don't you know I think she she was she sounded so strong like there wasn't a moment where I thought well she's a bit wobbly here and you know what an experience to go through she was just like I'm gonna smash this you know I'm gonna do what I need to do for Charlotte and it's not about me it's just about getting her well I would be a mess, I think. Yeah, I think you, you can go either way can't you and I think sometimes people go into that fight or fly and they just sort of detach themselves from Mm. the emotion of a situation and they just get their heads down and get on with it but I personally found if I've ever done that in the past it comes back to bite me so you know I'll like ignore ignore a situation just get my head down and then all of a sudden a few months later I suddenly feel it and I'm like when really at the time you should process it all I mean personally that's how I, I feel like yeah, but I mean, I've never been through something no. like that before. No, it so, was so informative as well, wasn't it? I feel like I learned loads. Yeah. Like I even, the only person we've spoken to, and it was so sad, wasn't it? Caro, who's Caro Greenwood, who's had yeah. the baby at 24 weeks. Um, but we haven't discussed it really. And there's lots of people that have been messaging us going, when are you going to have a so conversation many. about prem babies? Um, because, you know, even just when we asked Laura about, you know, what, what are great brands to buy premature clothing from, baby brands? And she was like, there aren't any. You know, it's like there are very few. You, yeah. there are very few out there I guess and people just expect you to go full term but sometimes it doesn't work like that yeah I know I just can't I literally can't imagine and them being they were in the hospital for three months I know she was only in hospital herself for five days but imagine going back and forth from the hospital every single day yeah. to visit your baby and then all you're doing every three hours is pumping I mean I just can't imagine yeah. what that does to you like mm. it, it, it must it must just be completely surreal yes Um, yes and And I felt that a little bit from from Laura actually just the kind of like it was almost I don't know what the word is really she just kind of was just getting on with it wasn't she like there there wasn't any sort of breaks or anything she was just kind of like no that's what we had to do and that's what we did and I mean hats off to her really uh, absolutely yeah And it sounds like she had a good um, support network around her, like the charity that she was talking about, that sounds, you know, they sound like they do a really great job and, you know, people in her antenatal group and stuff. So um, I guess, and also, do you know what? If you don't know any different, that's all you've known. It was her first baby. Then you must just, even having a baby full term, first time round is like, whoa! No, Um, holy shit! Yeah, maybe, maybe you just feel, yeah, you don't know any different, and that's that's how that's 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 how reality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Wow, we get into um, products. Let's get into products. What are we loving in lockdown? (laughs) Well, Zoe and Georgia are loving in lockdown. Um, I'm going to talk about um, a brand called Duty, D-E-W-T-Y. And um, on Instagram, they're Duty Official. And they're basically a beauty collagen drink. It's formulated with hydronic acid, retinol and vitamin C. And these lovely, these I I think it's two founders, or maybe it's just one, sent me... um, 
her little care package and I've been taking them and drinking them every morning and I don't know whether they're having any effects I feel pretty amazing my hair feels like it's grown loads um wow. yeah I'm just I'm just really enjoying them I'm seeing a real difference in like just brightness of skin and even my husband today was like wow you look really pretty and I was like I don't feel it I feel like shit and he was like no there's something about you really glowy and I was like it must be these bloody drinks <laughs> Do you know, so many people have been saying that, though, on Instagram. Really? They've been saying how dewy your skin is and how glowy your skin is. I'm sure there was, like, you put up a story the other day, unless I just thought it, and your skin looked really beautiful. Oh, thanks, really, really, really beautiful. It oh. really did. These compliments can disappear. <laughs> right. on. <laughs> <laughs> Go and bathe in it. <laughs> After this. We'll start injecting you it. Imagine. Um, yeah. What, what about um, you, Jean? So this is not nothing for me, but I have to be honest, I've always been um, a bit sceptical about like reusable nappies and stuff like that. And I've thought, nah, it's just not for me. I know it's much better for the environment. And I do... I do really try actually um, to use the more eco nappies and stuff now but kit and kin um, have actually launched today a reusable nappy um, and they've sent it to me in the post and I'm gonna give it a go it looks really good um, there's various like liners and um, extra absorption pads and stuff that you can put in it so um, oh, yeah I'm gonna have a, yeah I'm gonna have a go with it just because we're at home and it's you know it's not so I don't need the convenience of um, throwaway nappies at the moment. Yeah, sure. Um, and also, I don't do the washing. Yeah, I don't do the washing. My husband does. So, really, it's not going to add to my job list. That James does the washing in your house? That is incredible. Yeah, it's not It's not because he's being nice or anything like that. It's because he's so particular <laughs> about how his clothes are washed that he would not dare incredible. let anybody else incredible. touch Brilliant. Love that from James. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, the next um, product that I'm going to talk about is something for Kit Skin. Obviously, I've been really vocal about how he suffered really badly from eczema. He's got very strange um, kind of complications with his eating. He's allergic to egg. Every time I give him dairy, his eczema flares back up again. He drinks soy milk before bed, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. Um, and yeah. um, we um, switched into using this this oil-based cream and it was it's basically just an oil but it was special like specially formulated for eczema sufferers and every time I was putting it on his skin was getting worse and worse and worse and I was like what is this like I was going back through his diet and I was thinking what anyway I then went back to a post or a message that somebody sent me saying if you use things like coconut oil or oil the skin can't breathe and the eczema can get worse so we've yeah we've, we discovered this aloe vera um cream that somebody had another someone else had sent me actually um and the aloe vera seems to be doing the absolute trick his skin has cleared up virtually overnight since we stopped using the oil and i don't know obviously there's so many healing qualities in aloe vera obviously the plant itself is amazingly ridiculously good for the skin so um yeah i just think give it a whirl if you're if you're if your kids have got eczema just just slap some aloe vera on it seems to be working yeah because aloe vera calms everything down yeah. doesn't it so but also that's quite a good Give thing, to sorry G, just to remember that if you are using oil, I was using coconut oil for months and months and months and months ago. This is supposed to be incredible and it was making it worse. Yeah, because you think coconut oil's like got nothing bad in it, so it's all natural, it's going to be fine. Mm. But actually, yeah, it's the same with Axel. I can't use coconut oil on Axel right. at all. Right. I basically don't use anything on him. But yeah, it's... <laughs> the prince. Yeah. The prince's skin will not be yeah. touched. Um, it will not be touched. Nice. <laughs> I like this product for you. 
Yeah, so um, we, we used to bang on about Blaze classes, didn't we? Back when we could go and work out in the gym in a class and it, it was amazing, we loved it. So I, over the last few weeks, I've been doing Blaze classes via the David Lloyd app. Um, they're 45 minutes deal and they're live or you can um, get them on demand. So it was only open to members of David Lloyd, but now you can actually pay $3.99 a month and you get access to the David Lloyd app. So you can do your Blaze classes on there. So I just right. thought if anybody wanted to try it, um, it might be nice um, to give it, you know, to give it a go on well, while we're at home yeah, via yeah. the app. But it's not just Blaze on there. There's all sorts of stuff on there. They do bar classes. They do uh, like hit classes. There's loads and loads of stuff. It's, re it's actually a really, really great app. Well, that leads um, me nicely yeah. onto um, our final product, which is a fitness product, actually. And it's something that me and Dozza have discovered on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel called Self, L-S, I can't even spell, Self, S-E-L-F. <laughs> we all know how to spell Self. Um, if you basically just go to YouTube, tap in Self, they have got loads of hit workouts, 20 or 30 minute workouts that you can do from home. I, I feel like it's um, filmed in America, but in like some luxury apartment. Um, and um, <laughs> just not, not irritating American accents, nice ones that you can concentrate on. The workouts are really quick, really um, kind of, yeah, just, just like a hit formula basically. So normally three sets of each exercise and it takes, as I said, between 20 and 30 minutes. But yeah, I've been doing them at home with dolls and we're loving them. I've actually put one up on my well, Yeah. I was gonna say, I saw you on, um, on Instagram this morning doing one and I thought it looked really great. Yeah, it was good, so. really good. So there you yeah. go. Um, all right, we're gonna be back on Friday for more podcast conversation. As always, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to us. And please tell one of your mum mates about the podcast if um, if you think that, that it might help them. Yeah, please do. And also tag us when you're listening. I've noticed that lots of people are listening while they're on their run, which is fabulous. Um, and do drop us a message at Made by Mummers or on Zoe Oak's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we can't wait to chat to you all on Friday. We're looking forward to sharing with you who we've got on the podcast. It will be an expert one and it's going to be really good. Have a fantastic week and we'll see you soon. See you Friday. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We know times are very difficult right now. And if you want any more information about coronavirus, go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.